This is Glenn Craig of Free From Broke and the Money Mastermind Show. You're about to have your face blown off with financial goodness from Eric Rosenberg and the Personal Profitability Podcast. Don't say I didn't warn you. You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest and someone I think you will all be excited to hear from because I did not meet her at FinCon. She has nothing to do with finance blogging whatsoever, but she did start her own business and go from working for someone else, you know, working for the man to working for herself. So now she is the man or the woman, whatever you'd like to call her. Her name is Susan Bond, Susan with a Z, and she is here on the line with us. So say a quick hello, Susan. Hello. So... Before we really dive in, as usual, I like to uh, make sure personal finance stays personal. So Susan and I each have a drink. I here am holding a fat tire, you know, an old Colorado standby. You can't go wrong with that. Susan on the other end told me that she doesn't have a beer in hand, but she does have a drink ready. Can you tell us what you're drinking and why? Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, multi-green kombucha. Uh, I can't really drink a lot of alcohol these days, but uh, I love the kombucha because it's good for your uh, stomach stuff, you know, the probiotics. And it gives me like a nice little uh, tingly, happy feeling. So uh, that's what I'm drinking. Everyone loves a tingly, happy feeling. What, what better Who doesn't? review could you give that it gives me a tingly, happy feeling? <laughs> right. And there's also not a lot of sugar or other stuff in it. So, yeah, I like that. Here, you know, I'm in Portland, so here in Portland, there's tons of kombucha everywhere. It's like a thing here. Um, I, I've only tried it a couple times. I wasn't a huge fan. Maybe I need to get a little more into it, try a couple of different flavors. Well, it depends, right? Sometimes it's super medicinal, which is not my favorite palette, but I like the kind I like is very more bubbly, almost minerally, and uh. It's a little vinegary, but I actually had some great kombucha when I was in Portland a, a little while back at a little coffee shop that I can't remember the name of. So, uh, it might not be your flavor profile, but you could try it a couple different times, see if you like yeah, it. I mean, who am I to turn down an alcoholic beverage? I mean, that just seems, you know, un-Portland of me. <laughs> yeah, it does have trace amounts of alcohol in it. Yeah. It's true. I know it's for grownups. So so if you are listening and you are not driving a car or at work where you're not allowed, hit the pause button, go grab a beer or a kombucha or a glass of wine or a scotch of your choosing. Okay, we're back. Now you got your drink. I'm glad you you, uh, are able to have a drink with us. So Susan, I met at... um, through the there's a Denver startup community, lots of good events, things like Ignite and uh, Startup Weekend, and all this great fun stuff. And I uh, kept running into Susan, this this awesome person at these events, and uh, we became very good acquaintances, I would say, through Twitter and, and the social medias. And oh, yeah. um, you know, we've, I've always kind of kept track. I saw you've had a couple moves. So could you could we start mm-hmm. by telling um, how? you got involved in the startup community in Denver and then why you left Denver and where you landed. Yeah, sure. 
Um, you know, I, I love startups. Uh, I, 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 I love the energy of startups. Um, you know, I consider more, I'm not a, a kind of the, on the, on the startup side, I'm not more of a VC person. I'm very much a bootstrapper kind of person. Um, but I love startups for the innovation, the way that they're trying to push around boundaries. And uh, it was just the group of people that I fell in with in uh, when I was living in Colorado. And, uh, uh, and I love the youthful energy like that. We can do this. We don't know what we're doing, but we can do it. We can do everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all the I, things. Yeah. All the things. I, I love that. I mean, I'm an eternal optimist. Um, so my dad always says your assets and excess become your liabilities. And uh, he would always point out my optimism. But uh, I still like that quality of mine. Um, and so uh, so I was in uh, Colorado for five years. But uh, then I started dating someone who I met on Twitter, actually. I met him in Portland. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Well, we. It's like, it's like a whole worldly experience and with Twitter. It's like. It is. It's really interesting. We've been tweeting with each other for a year. We were, we knew each other from the tech community and particularly the, the Ruby, uh, Ruby on Rails uh, language kind of community. Did you have any and, mutual friends or was this like a total chance Twitter <laughs> meeting? We did, but we didn't discover it till later. So we tweeted for a year about time travel and all sorts in psychology and weird experiments and all sorts of geeky stuff. And then I was going between Seattle and Portland and I uh, tweeted that I needed a hotel in one hour. And he said, you're in Portland. Let's meet up now. I've been asked out on Twitter before, but I've never gone. And for some reason, I said yes. Um, and so we discovered later that we had many people in common. And I actually used to date his former boss. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, but so anyway, so we were together. We were we dated long distance. Uh, he was uh, he was actually in Portland briefly, and then he moved to New York, back to New York, where he's from. So we were long distance for a year and a half, and then it was time to uh, close the gap. Uh, on that. And then I moved to New York City about a year and a half ago. So where in New York are you living? Uh, we're in uh, Williamsburg in Brooklyn. So you're in like hipster central out there. Kinda. Yeah. It's either you're a hipster <laughs> or you're a Hasidic Jew. Otherwise, you're not allowed in Williamsburg. That's the that's the way it is, right? That's <laughs> what I've heard. Although I don't identify with either of those. So uh, <laughs> I feel a little bit out of it. <laughs> I pretty much work or do my hobby, which is travel. So uh, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Well, I'll ask more about that later, too. Yeah. Um, so, so you landed out in New York. I know you've so with this, you've had your own startup journey, starting your own businesses. You've worked for other companies. You now work for yourself. And um, you know, I, I talk a lot about on, on the site. I talk a lot about freelancing and side income projects and building up an income to let you you know break out and you know trying lots of different things. And Susan's definitely done several different things. She's not just one day been like, <laughs> okay, I'm working for myself, and that was the day. So uh, could you share a bit about your journey and um, and your career and your internet-ing, internetizing? Internet yeah. Awesomeizing. I'm going to make up <laughs> some words. So could you, could you share all of those, those words I just made up and how they apply to you and your story? Totally. I love internetizing. I like to make up words too. So I like that. I say I'm um, an internet awesomeizer. If you go to my personal website, it says yeah. I'm a, uh, you know, like a speaker, writer, and website awesomeizer. 
So that's that's yeah. my self-proclaimed title. <laughs> totally. I feel like you can add Iser at the end of something and make it really cool. Yeah. As ninjas worn out. Like everyone, like yeah. who needs another SEO ninja or marketing ninja? Like we need or Rockstar too. Yeah, Rockstar. You know, Rockstar rock you know, like Iser. Like I think that's perfect. Yeah, when my uh, my wife actually, I know I'm totally cutting off asking you're answering the question. <laughs> my my <laughs> wife, um, she's she's actually joined in some of my online stuff, and I thought, you know, I'm the CEO of my business. I can create whatever titles I want. And I was also, I was thinking like, I'm tired of ninjas and I'm tired of uh, rock stars. So I made her the Twitter pirate. Oh, I love it. For my brand. And she's <laughs> no longer the Twitter pirate. She's now the chief mob officer. For another, oh, okay. I for was going to say, brand. there's not a lot of pirates on, uh, there's not a ton of pirates on the internet. These there days. should be. I mean, not, not like stealing people's content illegally pirates, but like, Wearing eye patches and having birds and saying "r." Yeah, totally, yeah. totally being Drinking just rum. totally cool. <laughs> yeah. So your story, back to that. Now okay, away from pirates and back to my story. So I'm going to try to. Um, I mean, I'm always into my career, so I'll try to uh, shorten the story for you a little bit, give you highlights. But of course, feel free to ask more um, in more detail if there's something you want to hear about. So. You know, the early part of my career, I worked in a number of different functions and doing a number of different things, um, you know, marketing and uh, project management. I ran the project management department for an interactive agency back in the late, you know, 99s, you know, like 19, you know, mid 99 to like or mid 90s to like late 90s. And um so while I was doing that, you know, we built things like American Airlines first website. We were building a travel website for Walmart. It was back in the days when, uh, you know, there weren't like building a shopping cart was a million dollar problem and it took a long time and a lot of engineers to build. And I don't know if a lot of people remember those days, but I do. Yeah, things have come a long way to uh, like WordPress and WooCommerce. I could have someone set up with a shopping cart. It won't do much, but I can have one set up in under 10 minutes probably. <laughs> Totally. I mean, yeah. So I, I said, yeah, exactly. Like, um, I want to set that context because um, I'd always had this notion of wanting to work for myself because I definitely have a problem with authority. Like, there's just no question. Um, and so I always wanted to work for myself. I always wanted to create for myself. But back then, it was really hard. You know, I mean, it was definitely a much harder thing. People were really didn't purchase on the internet or they were just beginning to. I was strange because I bought my airline travel on, on the internet and I was Rebel. super... Yeah, I was super into Amazon before it was what it is now. Buying so, books when that was all you could buy there, probably. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. What was oh, your yeah. first Amazon purchase? Do you remember? I don't. I actually, I, I wish I knew. I wish I could look it up. I don't know. I, and I'm like, I'm like, maybe I could look it up, but it was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked mine up not too long ago and found it. I bought a book called Company by Max Berry, and I still love that book and still highly recommend it. And, um, and the alchemist, which I'd lost my first copy. I left it on a plane. So I got my replacement for the alchemist, which is my favorite book ever. And I highly recommend it to everybody. Such a good book. Life changing book. Such a good book. I know Uh, just for vanity's sake later, I'm going to have to look at, I'm going to have to look up and see what I, what my first purchase was on Amazon. (laughs) Um, So in the midst of all of this, um, so that, you know, in the early two thousands, I had started, I'd heard about this thing called coaching, uh, not Little League, right? But like most people think of it as life coaching, but there was executive coaching and career coaching. Mm-hmm. And because I started, I managed the, uh, you know, the project management department, I had 12 people under me. I started to get really into 
organizational development and coaching people and, and using those kinds of skills. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe I can have a business doing this. So I started in, in the end of 99, uh, early 2000, I started taking all of these courses in, in, in coaching. And the plan was, there's a whole bunch of people in my class who they took like, there's like this, like five weekends, you go to like a weekend course, and they're like five months apart, right? And then after that, you basically graduate from the program and you can go on to a certification, which you don't have to do. But after the first weekend, half of my class went back to their jobs on Monday and quit their jobs and started to... Yeah, I know. It was frightening. Um, I think that's... that's very sudden. Yeah, it's very sudden. They, They went to one weekend program. They decided that they wanted to become a coach and they quit their jobs. And... That scared me. I thought, wow, that, I think that's a little too much. I need some runway here. <laughs> I need to figure out what I'm doing. I need to understand my skill sets. So I spent the next year to a year and a half, you know, getting some training. And I had signed up for a six-month certification process. And I was I was starting, I was beginning to, to start the transition to having my own business um, when suddenly um, I was laid off. And a few months later, the entire company went under. Wow. So, right, yeah, this is during the dot com bomb of 2001. This was shortly before 9 11. So, you wrote it up and then wrote it back down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It was, it was really one of those stories. And so, it was sort of like, oh, uh, okay, I guess I'm going to do this now. Because also, you know, think about back then too, you know, the, the bubble, the internet, there were so many, I mean, a lot of those jobs went away. Right. And jobs working, you know, in the Internet really went away at that time. There were still some there, but it was a huge I mean, that particular industry took a huge hit. So that was when I started my first business was in the midst of uh, this is like how not to do it. (laughs) Like, okay, everybody, don't do it this way. (laughs) So so, you know, so I, I got laid off. I. Uh, the, also, the company did not give me the amount of money like for severance that I was promised because I knew it might happen, but they did not give that to me. So I started in the middle of a downturn with not a lot of money in pocket, um, not, uh, people not even knowing what career and executive coaching was and no one knowing who I was in that context. Okay. So like just pretty much it'd be like if you got out of college one day and were like, all right, I'm going to do this, like start yeah. from scratch. Pretty much, right? And the worst time. Yeah. yeah, starting from scratch in the middle of the worst economic condition we'd seen in, I don't know, probably since the late 80s. A long time. Like it 20 was years. Yeah, I mean, it was not smart. So, that, like, not the way to go about it. But how did it go? So, um, so for the first few months... I was like, okay, I can totally do this, right? I'm an optimist. I can totally make enough money to live on. Mm, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I did okay, but, you know, again, right, like thinking about everything that was going on, uh, it, was, it was definitely a struggle. Um, and it was eating into savings. I would say, I mean, I'm trying to think about how much money I made a month, like in those contexts, like... Me, I don't remember the dollar amount, but I mean, it, I would say it was like 50% of what I needed to really live on. And you were, Do you know what I mean? Like basics. So from your, the job you got laid off, I'm, I'm imagining a high, high flying dot com bubble. You were doing pretty well. And then oh, went, yeah. to, went oh, from yeah. doing pretty well to can't pay the rent. Pretty okay. much. Okay. 
Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that was hard. I mean, it was not as planned, right? I'm a what not to do in that case, but I just was doing. Did you have enough savings that you were comfortable getting through starting the business or were you staring at the account balance worrying? Yeah, I was the second one. Yeah, that was me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, what happened was I would say I got laid off probably, I don't know. It's like May, June, July. I can't remember somewhere in there. And then, yeah, like late summer. So by the, the, by the September, October, um, and uh, you know, it was also a hard time because there weren't a lot of also temporary jobs. Like it was just, it was very crushing. If people remember that time, it was just extremely hard. So, and I, I was living in Chicago. Uh, and what happened was I decided that I needed to get some kind of, I needed to work with like a temp agency and that's what's big back in the days. I needed to work with somebody to find some sort of office job. And so that was the plan. I would get a day job and and then at night, I would work on my business and I would have all my client calls at night. Okay. And so that's what I did. I started working for, first, I started working for JP Morgan and I worked in like one of their, on their, one of their like trading floors. And I basically did like very menial work, like expenses and things. It was not hard. I didn't get paid a lot. I think I got paid like $14 an hour, which is, you know, coming from what I was coming from is nothing. Quite a bit better than minimum wage, but not what you were accustomed to. Right, right. And, and, you know, I mean, I was in my early 30s. So like, you know, you have a lifestyle at that point. Um, And then it got a lot better. A few months later, I started getting more clients. And then um, I took a job doing marketing, which had been some of the early part of my career. So I took a job doing marketing at Deloitte & Touche. And so I would work there 30 to 40 hours a week. And then I would work probably another 20 or 30 on my business as well. Okay. That sounds familiar. I'm sure there's a couple <laughs> listeners out there who, who do that. Right. Yeah. Well, you do whatever it takes to, to make the business work. You know, I work on Friday nights, you know, everyone's like, how was your weekend? I'm like, I worked, you know, I mean, but I enjoyed it. I was happy with that. Yeah. As long as you're, you know, there, there's a, you know, Confucius says joke, um, but there, there's a, actually a real saying from Confucius. He said, uh, if you find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. So, you know, you found your passion projects and then you really want to get into when you can get home from work and start to work and it doesn't feel like working. Yeah, I didn't even notice it was Friday night and then that I didn't even have cute clothes anymore to go out. You know, like oh. I didn't, I was like, oh, oh, I need, I have nothing, I don't have cute like going out clothes anymore. Oh, you had good client clothes, right? For me. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple like business, I had like a couple suits and then I had like a bunch of tank tops and jeans. Do you ever you wear, know? you could wear a suit to the nightclub. Do you ever do that? Like go out, hit, hit the bars with the girlfriends and you were like in the nice suit. <laughs> I didn't, although I should have. Now, where were you when back then I needed to know that, right? Oh, no. no, I didn't. Oh, well, now, now if you have wardrobe questions for a night on the club, you know who to call. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. Now I have that that resource. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so that was the first business that I started. Like that was the first time I worked for myself, um, and so. I um, I did that for like four or five years and it was good and I did well and I was recognized as one of uh, Chicago's most successful coaches and I was definitely gaining some ground. But um, then um, in the intermediate time, I ended up getting married very briefly (laughs) and I realized that the marriage wasn't right. And so when I got out of my marriage, I realized I just needed to get a job and I needed to like, you know... 
I was right at that landmark, you know, time or four to five years where you, you make or break time. Mm-hmm. And because of my, uh, personal situation, I decided to go back to work. So I went back to work for other folks. And you just Um, stopped coaching then completely? Well, I stopped coaching um, as a side job because I was doing it in my day job. Uh, So I got a job working for the Gallup organization um, who actually has huge human capital consulting. That's where they make at the time, 70 to 80% of their income. And apparently it's harder to get into than Harvard. Uh, I I just know about their polls. Yeah, yeah, that's everybody knows. That's the sexy part of the business, but um, but but the other part is this human capital consulting. And then I worked for a couple other firms doing that. So I stopped doing the side business because I was really, to be very frank, you know, when life happens, right? Like you make a mistake. You're like, oops, shouldn't have married that person. Lovely person, just not the right person for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just put everything into okay, survive. Like you know, get a good salary. I I mean, I had to basically buy a lot of new things. Um, And, you know, just like knives and sheets. Because when we got married, I got rid of all of mine. And then I didn't have anything. (laughs) Right. And I mean, divorce can be a huge... I mean, if you... And it's particularly if you've been in a longer marriage than a shorter one, it can be a huge financially devastating thing for both parties. That's a very high reason for bankruptcies and a lot of financial troubles people deal with, you know, today. So... um, just having to buy new knives, you know, buying a new apartment full of stuff or house full of stuff is a ton of money. But um, you know, it could have been worse, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say I relatively got out okay, but it definitely, it definitely hurt me financially, and it had pretty long reverberations, not only in my financial but in my career. I, I felt. I mean, it's funny. I think looking back, I would say I felt nervous and scared. Like maybe I couldn't make it on my own. He wasn't supportive of me having my business. And maybe that played into it. But it took me a few years of working for other people um, and getting laid off again. I've been laid off probably four or five times in my career during the middle of... Yeah, yeah. So is there like a contest for the most number of layoffs people have been through? I know, right? I mean, I think I might be really do really well in it, but it would be horrible. Yeah, it's Um, not something you want to win. That's rough. No, it 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 absolutely isn't. Yeah, I think I've been laid off five times. And so what happened was like 2008, I was working for a company in organizational development and, and career development, and doing a lot of like helping folks with even personal branding and within their organization branding themselves as an expert because it was very expert kind of folks that I was working with in their field. And I got laid off. And then I was looking for another job in that. That was that was um, 2008. I got laid off. Six months later, I got another job. I knew the day I walked into the job that it wasn't good. It was a wrong fit, but it was another downturn, right? Remember 2008? Oof, that was yeah, ugly. Yeah. And so I, I stayed I at that the job. I around then. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I actually left that job voluntarily. I was not happy working where I was, but it was a it was a great learning experience. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there, there's a silver lining on every job, even the ones that don't work out. And you, know, you always learn something at least. But yeah, yeah. I get well, that. Yeah, t- totally. And so uh, then that I just took that job and I was like, this is not a fit, but it's that downturn. So I'm just going to dig in and I'm going to save my money. And, you know, I started making other plans. I started to think about ramping up my business again. Like, and then I got laid off from that job again. Um, from that job, I got laid off twice in, in less than a year. 
Oh, so you got laid off, brought back, and then laid off again, or are these separate companies? Separate companies. Okay. So it's just that, really, really bad luck. Yeah, really, really bad luck. Really bad luck. And that at that point, I thought, you know what? This is 2009. Uh, I moved out to Colorado. And I, I after that, I mean, I really thought I need to work for myself. Like, you know... Somebody else can lay me off, but but I don't have to. I, I you know I'm in charge of that if I want to lay myself off. And so after that, it's called retirement, I, right? You yeah, lay right. Off. Yeah, totally, exactly, <laughs> exactly. At that time, I was smarter. I I had saved some money and I had some plans, and um, you know, again, like I said, I'm not sure I did everything right or me really much of anything in start of it. But I'm, uh, I don't want to swear. Uh, I have a, I have a tagline, but, uh, it involves swearing. So, um, let me see how I can say it. I'm resilient as heck. You Uh, can say a bad word. This is the internet. It's not broadcast radio. Lay it out there. Okay. Well, what I usually, here's my tagline, resilient as fuck, like a cockroach. (laughs) And so, so I feel like I've, I, I survived all of that because I'm pretty resilient. That's awesome that you, um, you know, made it through all this. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, sorry, I feel like I'm talking so much. It's, um, it's a podcast. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everyone out there listening right now would be like listening to nothing. That wouldn't be any fun. You're fun. I mean, <laughs> if you could sell dead air now, wow, that would be pretty. That's the new, that's my new billion dollar business. Totally. Selling dead air. I can make it's not that. Dead air. It's quiet. It's ultimate quiet. It's like the Yule log. But but for the rest of the year. Totally. Like time to go to sleep. I'll listen to nothing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I live in New York City. I know what a premium uh, silence is. Um, Yeah. So so that takes me up to, you know, 2009. And then I started working for myself again. Um, And and since then, I have basically worked for myself uh, very happily. That's great. And, And that's how you got on the path that you're on now, right? Yeah, and it had several different, you know, I've had some variations with it, you know, trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do in the beginning. I I did a lot of straight sort of marketing stuff because I enjoyed it and, um, you know, it was easy to sell. And Were you thinking of yourself then as a freelancer? Were you thinking of yourself as a business owner? What what was your mental picture of yourself at that time when you were getting going with the new business? Great question. Cause I have a real, I'm really, I'm very opinionated about this. <laughs> I've never called myself a freelancer and I'm sorry if that goes against what you've said, on your okay. show. but I, I have never actually thought of myself as a freelancer, even when I probably was doing that in the, after the first layoff, like way back, like mid nineties. Um, you know, I never did. I've always considered myself a business owner. Okay. So when you, so when you started on day one, did you, you know, took steps to have a professionally presented business? Did you just, you know, throw up a website, business cards, the whole bit? What was your process like getting started with that new business and being a business owner again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, so when I got started again, uh, I did do a website and I, I had a website at that point. So I definitely, you know, I had a website. Um, I, I think I got some cheap Moo cards when I went to South by Southwest, right? The internet interactive. Um, but really to be very frank with you, I didn't set up a lot of business structure. I set up an LLC. Um, I went really low rent as a bootstrapper. I'm, I'm the kind of person who does not spend a lot of money on expenses in her business. 
maybe, maybe my, to my detriment, but I've always been like starting on literally a shoestring. And so I went really low rent. And what I did was I focused, the way I got business was I focused on what I thought was my best asset. And what I thought my best asset was, honestly, was my personality. Um, I somehow seem now maybe this sounds arrogant, but uh-huh. pretty, so pretty, you, you didn't end up as an escort. You ended up doing <laughs> online marketing. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, my family would. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think I, I think that I, I assessed myself. Um, and that's what I like with my clients. I, I want, like I assessed myself and I said, okay, well your best asset is your personality. And so I went to events and I met cool people and that's how I got business. Um, and I just sort of, you know, chatted with people and I got my first client relatively soon. I mean, I'm trying to think like just maybe a couple of months. Uh, and it was a, I mean, it was a good client. I mean, that client paid me enough so that I had plenty of money in my, you know, in my bank account and I could, I could, you know, try to pay some things off and uh, I had to pay for health insurance, which was really expensive at the time. So yeah, I did really well. I mean, doing it that way, going very low key. Great. So what is your, you know, flash forward today? What does your business look like now? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good question. So today, um, I do a couple of things in my business. I've, I've really honed over the year because I have this really interesting constellation of skills. Uh, you know, a little bit project management, a little bit marketing and, and personal branding and a lot of business experience. And so now what I do is uh, I'm, I'm maybe what you call an agent or, or a band manager for uh, technologists who are authors and trainers who are very high profile people. And so I manage their contracts, their business, I give them strategic advice, I manage their marketing, I'll hire them folks if I need to, I do creative direction on logos and books and things like that. Are you allowed to share? Are your client list proprietary? Are you allowed to share any names that someone might know? <laughs> I can share one. I don't know. It depends. I mean, she's very well known in a particular world. Her name is Sandy Metz, and she's very well known in um, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, object oriented programming or object oriented design world, particularly in the Ruby programming community. Yeah. Uh, you know, she does, she does pretty well. I mean, she's in that world. She's like, you know, the fifth beetle. There's, um, there's some Ruby fans out there listening or having a fanboy moment right now hearing yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's great. And, and, and she, she's the biggest client and other folks. Um, I would say that's the biggest client these days that I can talk about. Um, and I've worked with other folks, uh, a lot of folks in the Ruby world. That's like a core community for me. And then the other thing that I'm doing is I'm working on a book called bet on yourself and it's a practical guide to um, professional freedom. And so that's a book for, people who are actually considering working for themselves. Um, And it's um, a little bit, it's like earlier in the process. It's like what to do before you go, you know, like don't do it my way. (laughs) Here's all the things I learned the hard way. And I learned the lesson so you don't have to. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Please do not do it the way that I did it. Um, uh, So it's, um, so it's, it's basically advice on like your mindset. How do you, um, you know, how do you manage the transition? Like, 
most of you should not quit your day job. Um, you know, it touches a little bit on business and then it touches a lot on how to market yourself without feeling evil. And then how do you build an audience? Um, and it's going to be filled with a lot of stories from folks. So I spend a lot of my time talking with folks about their story of uh, working for themselves. So that's part of, I think, what you and I connected again on, Eric, yeah, was yeah. that we both have this interest in, in, in that. I saw you uh, having not talked to you in uh, probably a few years. <laughs> I saw you tweeting about uh, about that exact topic. That's how that's how you ended up here today. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it looks it looks like today. Um, mostly, I work in, with technologists or other internet makers. You know, designers, writers, any sort of folks like that. That's great. Well, when you have a copy ready, I would love to, you know, share it with the readers and uh, I'll throw up a link to your book and, and help you get the word out because it sounds like a, a great resource for, for people who are listening to this and who have yet to find us um, to try to find their journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. It's like a perfect companion because you talk a lot about the financial side, which I don't as much <laughs> maybe because I feel like I should not be. Um, but I love that what you're doing because it's, it's so important. Yeah, we, you know, personal finances are, um, whether we like it or not, the core of what lets us do a lot of what we want to do in the world. Um, and we, you know, I always say you can't stop working so hard for your money and put your money to work for you. And part of doing that, I think, is, you know, building up a business and building up multiple income streams. So if you do get the layoff bad news one day, you don't have to have a heart attack and say, Oh my God, I don't have any money. What am I going to do? You can instead say, well, I have some savings. I have a plan. I have a little bit of money coming in. There's always a path forward. There's always a way. Absolutely. 100%. I actually talk about that in the book, not more about the money side, but like the people who think, Oh, that'll never happen to me. It It might. (laughs) I I thought I would never have anything like that happen. And one day, uh, a little over a year ago, I was called into a meeting and they started by saying today's my last day. So I've been in that room and I know um, several other people who've been in it. It's no fun. You know, obviously it's, um, it's all, it's much nicer to leave on your own terms than leave on someone else's. 100%. So, (laughs) so when you're not, busy working a full-time job and another full-time job today. What do you what do you guys like to do out in New York? If someone were coming out to visit and they wanted to do a not touristy trip, they wanted to do the Susan Bonds version of New York, what would you have them do? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny. My my nieces and my sister just came out and I they wanted to see a lot of touristy things, but I tried to take them to other things as well. Um I'd actually show them Brooklyn. There's a lot about Brooklyn and, and, and Williamsburg and there's just a lot of beautiful stuff about Brooklyn that is um you know, you have a nice view of the city and, and all of that. So I would definitely um show them that. What's that um, giant park like right in the middle of Brooklyn? I mean there's probably several. I'm thinking of there's one that's like it felt like half of Brooklyn. Um, Prospect Park is pretty That's big. Prospect yeah. Park. I went there once um, on a trip a few years ago. It was awesome. Like, I saw some people doing Brazilian dancing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like it was so there's so much culture. It's like it's such a vibrant place now going on. Over, well, well there is. Whatever. Well, yeah, there there is. I mean, Brooklyn actually has a lot, and I I love Manhattan. And in Manhattan, um, I'd actually show people part like one of my favorite parts of the city is the Lower East Side, and away from Soho, and there's just these tiny little cobblestone streets, and there's just interesting things, and there's always like, I love street art, and there's just always random street art, and lots of different. You know, you can walk around and see all different sorts of people all in one area, and so those are some of the things that. I love to do is, is, is show people 
you know, that side or there's some off-Broadway shows that I've been to that have been fantastic. So that's the kind of stuff that I would show people in New York. If someone's on a budget, you could take them down to Canal Street to uh, get some stolen purses or fake purses. (laughs) Exactly. Or, you know, it's great, even on a budget, walk across the Williamsburg Bridge, which is super fun. I've done that before. I mean, it's it's a walk, but it's like even walking across the bridge is a super fun. Yeah, totally. I did the uh, Brooklyn Bridge walk one trip, and that was. I feel like I'm in New York. I got to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge at least once. It was it was really neat. Um, I haven't done that one yet. I really I really want to do that one. There's a little awesome pizza joint on the Brooklyn side that's kind of like below the bridge. So if you're over there, I don't know. You probably find it on Yelp. But if you're hanging out on that side of the bridge that I went to, that I recommend. Very cool. Anyway, so we're we're about out of time. Um, before we go, I have to ask if well, I have to ask. I want you to tell if people were inspired by your story, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to know more about the person, the the myth, the legend that is Susan Bond. Where should they go on the internet <laughs> to connect with you? Uh, sure. Uh, so uh, my website is. Um, SusanBond.com and it's S-U-Z-A-N-B-O-N-D.com and on Twitter also Susan Bond S-U-Z-A-N-B-O-N-D and Instagram same thing I'm not very original but I have a really brandable name yeah that's really good consistent branding I I wish I could get my own name on all those platforms but there's way too many Eric Rosenbergs out there yeah I I got lucky well the Z helps me but uh, and I grabbed all that stuff really early I actually just grabbed all my niece's URLs and everything for them recently because I think personal branding is really important but yeah you can find me at Susan Bond with a Z pretty much everywhere I'm the first First two or three pages if you google that <laughs> well thank you so much this has been a great uh, time's flown this, you have a great story a lot of inspiration there thank you so much for taking the time and being a part of it so i'm holding up my uh holding up my fat tire to give you a cheers say uh cheers thank you for sharing your story thanks everyone for coming in and listening and until next time stay profitable Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.